Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other host, Brendan McCullough. And Yay! Yeah, we're going to talk about some video games. How are you, Bren? Eh, I'm doing alright. That's good to hear. Yeah, me too. Can't complain. I've been playing some real interesting games, and in fact, I accidentally bought a game for you. I think we should just <laughs> start off the episode with a silly story. Just right off the bat. So, well, let's explain what game it was first. So, there's this game that came out just the other day called 8-Bit Fiesta, and right off the bat, like, listeners know that we really enjoy the 8-Bit style, like, old-school, traditional, uh, kind of platformy games. And this was just calling out my name. As soon as I saw it, it was real goofy looking. It looked like a lot of fun. And I was thinking to myself, I'm going to get it. So I did. I got it for myself. Didn't really, it was just like an insta buy for me. I didn't really think about it. Cause also it was on sale and like there was like 20% off and it was only like $5. So I was like, this is like without a doubt purchase and I'm really excited. I started playing it. It's very like super meat boy in the sense that there's lots of like ways that you're going to die like and it's really comical. Like there's all sorts of weird shit like uh this like play on like Hitler. His name's Shitler and he has like a Facebook but it's called Fake Book and like they're really like weird like humor and it's like really fun. But the whole point of 8-Bit Fiesta, Fiesta being, uh, translating to party, it's very, it's meant for uh, a multiplayer experience. They do have a single player, which I was trying out, which is, like I said, the kind of more Super Meat Boy style stuff. But it is mainly, like, designed for, like, a bunch of people to play it. And I did not realize that this is a game that is only local co-op. Uh, co and so in this like being just emphatic about this game being really excited about it i was like oh brand yeah like this game's really cool like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, buy it like gift it for you and at in the process of doing it i'm like i'm like in the checkout phase i'm looking at my list of friends being like wait what's your name again oh yeah it's dr toasty buns because like yep. that's who you are now and yeah now i am thank yeah, you you guys yeah he wasn't that initially he was ramar but now he's fucking dr toasty buns for real and after already sending it to him, I was like, is this game even online co-op? And like, can you check that? And as soon as Brent checks it, he's like, no. <laughs> as soon, like, as soon as you said that, I see the like notification in my Steam uh, inventory. And it's like, hey, you just got a gift. And it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it is what it is. I was like, well, at least I gave you a game. And it's funny, you know how, like, when you give someone a thing, you can, like, write, like, a silly message and have, like, a s custom tag as, like, your, like, instead of being, like, sincerely, it would just be, like, you owe me. <laughs> so that's what I did. <laughs> XO, XO, or buckle up. Yeah, any of that weird shit. <laughs> but uh, that confuses me because I've seen a ton of these games. Like, one game I really want to play, it seems amazing, it's called Crawl. Just C-R-A-W-L. Yeah, the Press Continue guys talked about, they have a whole episode on it. It's a, It seems like a really awesome game. Yeah, uh, for a brief recap for anyone who doesn't know, it's a dungeon crawler, hence the name, where it's uh, up to four players, and one of the players is the hero who goes into the dungeon to fight the monsters. And then the other three players play as ghost, and each time he goes into a room, you can inhabit traps, or furniture and throw them at him and like shoot the hero and the other three players are trying to kill him and then if there's like a pentagon or like a demonic circle on the ground you can summon a monster and play as that monster to try and kill him and you get a oh, bunch nice. of different you get a bunch of different monsters and after so many experience points you can level up the monsters 
from like a minotaur to a centaur to like a big demon. It's awesome. And I really want to play it. But it's local co-op and it sucks. Yeah, that's what I mean. And that's that was the disappointing thing about 8-bit Fiesta for me. Like it's only local uh co-op, but the and another interesting thing about this game is it has a built-in drinking game, so it really <laughs> is meant for like parties. And I really do like I'm looking forward to like playing with my girlfriend and if I ever have friends over. But uh yeah, no, it's just I wish games nowadays would be kind of like give you the option to have both but i guess that is a really big thing to ask for too like from a development standpoint yeah but like 8-bit fiesta seems like for a co-op it seems like it's one of those you would have hooked up to your tv like your computer hooked up to your tv and you'd play it in a living room while you're having a party like yeah not like three or four friends over but like a big party and it's like i don't feel like talking to this asshole i already got my drink let me just get sit on the couch and play this game for a few minutes to kill time like it's it's weird because of with all the online games and the huge online communities now, there are like articles about gaming saying like, are couch games dead? Is local co-op dead? Because everyone can just play at their own home and play with each other with their mics. And no one's really, you know, sitting on the couch side by side playing consoles anymore. But I'm seeing so many more games specifically on Steam and on PCs for local co-op. And I'm like, I'm not going to have like four of my buddies huddled around one keyboard and mouse or like trying to cram in, you know, four USB controllers into my tower playing yeah. around my computer. Like there's no room. So I'm wondering like, is it meant for people who have their computers hooked up to their TVs in their living rooms with like giant monitors? Yeah. Or, I think it has to be really. Uh, it's, I mean, some of these are great games like crawl, but it's just kind of like, damn it. Like it's just, I don't know. It's not. I don't think it's built for a computer. I think it could be better for a console. But. I was just going to say, I think local co-op is dead for, like, consoles just about. Because, like, in, in the sense of a console, everybody, ha- like, has the connection to the internet. They could have their whole, a whole screen dedicated. That's why we don't see split screen anymore. It's just because uh, we have the internet and are capable of networking our consoles and connecting that way. It, and it's easier. But, I don't know. I definitely... It is more of a Steam thing where you see a lot of local co-op games. But it's also bullshit that some games don't have split screen anymore. Because there are a few times when me and my buddies are hanging out. We're like, hey, let's play a game. And I want to say, like, I'm just going to pick an example here. It might not be true. Um, Killzone 2. I had that for PS3 and I played that for a long time. Um, I'm just saying it's one of those games that reminded me of, like, there's no split screen. So even if my buddies did want to play with me they'd have to go get another PS3 and hook it up to another TV and play it online. Like, if... I understand, you know, the big online community push, but they should always have the option for split-screen and, like, local co-op because I'm sure it's got to be a lot easier to program local co-op than it is online. Yeah, well, I also... I don't know when it happened with the Halo series, but they definitely announced that the the new one's not going to have split-screen, which I don't think any of the latest ones did i i wonder when that died for that series because i kind of just stopped caring <laughs> yeah it's not like a big dramatic like oh my god no more split screen what are we ever going to do with our social lives because a we're gamers we don't have any but it's <laughs> it's just now become a very nice feature where like it's like the ultraviolet cop dvd copies of like stuff on the cloud where you can just transfer it into the cloud so you can watch it on your computer or your tablet on on your tv or whatever's closest to you is it necessary? No. Is it super convenient when you need it? Yes. So I think split screen should be like that, where given the option, if you got like a week and you can put it in the game, 
do it. Will it be used a lot? No. But when it is used, the people using it will be very appreciative of it, as opposed to having to go get another console and hook it up to another, you know, internet connection and have to play online. It's just so much more difficult. And then you hate that game because it's like, fuck it, we can't even play right now. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Hmm. Have you been playing anything else lately? Uh, me? Uh, let me think. Uh, well, I've been playing some really crappy mobile games. And, like, the funny <laughs> thing is, like, I'm doing it on purpose because they're actually, like, so crappy that they're fun. But, uh, hold on. Let me look at which, what they're called. All right. So, I've been playing. It's like Trolls 2, the mobile game. <laughs> no. Well, basically, it's, it's like a Flappy Bird, uh, clone, but, like, really outrageous. So, it's called MLG Flappy Bird. And it, it's, like, the most, like, trolly, like, meme-filled, like, just absurd version of, of Flappy Bird. So it's the exact uh, controls and premise, but as you go, like, maybe, like, an Illuminati triangle, like, with the eyeball will, like, fly by. And if you encounter that, like, your your bird just, like, goes crazy and goes flying to the right and, like, all, like, every, the environment changes and, like, there's, like, people screaming and all sorts of weird shit. And then the same kind of, like, thing happens if you, like fly into like a pot leaf but like then like your character has like a a a joint burning in its mouth and like everything around you like the pipes and stuff turn into like burning joints and it's like weird like i don't know stonerific music and then the same kind of thing happens if you run into like a beer can of sorts like all sorts of weird things it's very like internet trolly like out there kind of shit but it's uh it's really fun and i've been enjoying it and it's really hard to get a high score because of how like absurd it is it's almost like not even like like you you can't really play the game because it's so ridiculous especially oh there's this one uh power up if you run into this little thing of sanic like if you get it like yeah you go fucking really fast like flying (laughs) across the screen and like you actually see sanic come up on the screen and like starts dancing around and everything's like wtf and it's like what the fuck's going on and then like that's probably your best bet in that game if you actually want to get a high score to get a bunch of Sanic faces because it, like, boosts you all the way. But it's so fast that when you, like, come to, like, it's like you're almost going to fly right into a hole. But that's what I mean. I'm not really a Flappy Bird fan anyway, so that's what this is a weird way for me to enjoy a game that I don't give a shit about it sounds in like a really trolly way. Sounds like a weird Adult Swim version of the game. Yeah, exactly. It's super, like, uh, I don't even know. That person smokes weed every day. <laughs> And then, okay, and in the same realm, I've been playing this weird-ass game called DLC Simulator. Have you heard of this? No. All right, DLC Simulator is the worst piece of shit, but it's actually, <laughs> it's, like, really fun. Like, I'm, I, it's, like, it's just, like, a shooter. It's so simple, but the menu and everything, it is the embodiment of the internet in a video game. And I know people have probably used that description to describe other really troll trollerific games, but no, that is the definition. Like go look up this game right now, listener. It's called DLC Simulator and watch the little video they have for it and tell me that is not like everything that you would expect to like the internet to create. It is a weird uh fantastic like very colorful bright trolly like weird game where you just have to fight off like these illuminati creatures and strange things and just basically shoot them down but it gets really intense and you have all these options to like upgrade your weapon and customize your shit and just like i said like the options in the game it's like i don't even know like to hit it's instead of it being like play and options and help it's like 
Uh, hold on, I'll actually open it up and see what they say, because, like, I don't know offhand, but it is really fucking a weird game. Uh, so kill Scroobs, load out, many settings, wow, uh, and scores and stats. So I guess people do, like, uh, get high scores around the world, but it is just a really bizarre kind of game. So the, and then on the not so, like, weird and crappy, uh, side of mobile games, I've been playing, uh, I did mention on a previous episode, that game Nubs Adventure, uh, there was a game that the creator made before that called Rico, and it is very, like, similar, but uh, a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with that, but it's also super frustrating because I'm trying to collect all of the little gems, and it's just a total bitch. So I do highly recommend that for, like, a little 8-bit platforming game similar to Nubs Adventure. It is, like, the predecessor, basically. Uh, really, really fun. God, this DLC simulator just seems terrible. It is a piece of shit. Like, <laughs> but it is so fun. Like, I, I, it was the trolliest thing I've seen in quite some time. So I was like, and yes. And so <laughs> we'll see. It just seems like that tryhard, like, ah, it's the internet. We're wacky and unpredictable. And this is weird. It's just like, oh my God, get off, like, just stop trying. Get off the yeah. internet. It's a, it's a headache in a game, but it's fun. Yeah. I'm already getting nauseated of it watching this video. Uh, in the same line of that, though, I played a game called Breath of Death 7? Yeah, 7. Okay, so they've made six games prior. No. <laughs> okay, so this is one of those. Okay. Yeah, it's also, um, there's another game from the same developers called Cthulhu Saves the World, and it's, from what I can tell, almost identical games, just reskinned and, like, different text, but, like, it's the same exact format. They're like really early Final Fantasy games where you just run around and occasionally you'll run into monsters. You gotta use, you know, attacks where you melee them, spells, uh, techniques, which are just spells without magic cost, uh, items, all that. And you have like a party of different members. You have to change their equipment out. Real standard early RPG like game, but it's very snarky and it's one of those games where the graphics are, uh, low effort. They're, 8-bit and such, so they spent more time writing the story and dialogue and trying to be really witty and funny with the text. Uh, some of it is, some of it's not. Um, it's a fun game, but I immediately just stopped caring about all strategy and just start mashing the enter button to just like fly through combat. I'd be like, hey, if I kill everybody using only the melee attacks, great. If I don't, I'll just respawn and do it again, because it... <sighs> It's tricky to make, like, a joke RPG... Like, a joke game like DLC Simulator is very easy when it's a shooter where you stand in one place and just spin around shooting stuff. Yeah. But when it's an RPG and, like, the person has to commit to, like, a few hours and a lot of, like, backtracking and running around a whole huge world. And if you get sick of that world before you're done it, you don't care anymore and you're just smashing the button like I am. And it's just like, all right, I don't care, blah, 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 blah. And then... At a certain point, I just realized, like, why, why am I still playing? I'm not having fun here. Yeah, oh, man. They're not bad games, but, like, just for an RPG, it's just, like, I I don't want to invest all this time into it when it's just not engaging enough. And I know, I feel like this game's going to be, like, 12 hours or something. Like, if anything else, just to make me play that long. The story might not be that long, but they might just force me to play that long to finish. So, I don't know. They're fine. The game works on, like, you know... Practicality-wise and functionality-wise, it works, it's finished, it's polished. I just don't care. 
it just gets really tiring really quickly. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, yeah. Well, okay. On the opposite side of that, I have a game that I'm, I have my eye on and it's not like there is no release date. It's just fall of 2015, but there was like a kind of a beta sign up and I missed it by like just the last like day or so. The one guy emailed me. He's like, Oh, we just uh, sent out our last one. I was like, fuck. Mm. But, uh, so, but he was like, I'll check out your podcast. And I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, but the, we got the, one more listener. <laughs> uh, uh, but no, the game is really exciting. Um, it's called A Quiver of Crows. And, oh, uh, yeah. it looks so, uh, unique in its art style and the gameplay. So let me try to do my best to describe this to listeners. Um, it's the setting is basically, uh, in a world cursed by demons and ghouls, like some kind of sorcerer brings about this magic where it brings like life to these uh, lifeless objects. So like skeletons and like other things are coming to life. And I guess you play as this crow with the ability to like shoot, like, I don't know, lasers and kind of like guns and stuff out of its mouth. And it's basically, you take down these enemies and like kind of do, you fly around in three sixties, uh, circles and have to strategize in order to take out these enemies and progress through the level and the the art style is very colorful of uh, uh, there's a lot of kind of silhouette style influence but it's not all entirely silhouette style but some of it has that uh feel all in all it looks super interesting and i'm really excited to get my hands on it i'll definitely be playing this as soon as it's out yeah i remember seeing a few pictures of it and i was like eh, i don't know it's uh Side scroller, twin stick, uh, bullet hell. Yes. And it's got that side scroller silhouette. Did I already say that? I think I just said that. <laughs> uh, but it's got that silhouette style of like Feist and Limbo, and it'll be compared to those a lot. Um, it's a bit minimalist, not a lot of detail, like not a lot of blending with the color scheme in the background. Yes. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, I don't know. It seems like at first I thought I was going to be taking this off really seriously. Like, the crow has like a peck attack and shoots feathers and claws. It's like, and then I watched the video and just like, oh no, it's got like four lasers shooting out of its face. Yeah, right it's now. Like, literally shooting lasers. That's why I, I th- that's actually cool to me. I'm like, the, yeah. the game wouldn't be fun if it wasn't like unrealistic like that. So you know what? It has to be a protagonist and it has to like somehow take out the enemies. How else? Like, yeah, what do you want it to do? Like fucking screech at them. <laughs> But yeah, with like these twin sticks ones where you're spinning around with one stick and then the other stick is your aim. Mm-hmm. I always have trouble with it because like there's a certain degree of strategy, but at a certain point you just go, fuck it. And you just keep <laughs> running, you keep running into the wall and seeing how many times it takes until you get through that wall of just sheer brute force. And yeah. that ends up working, at least for me, ends up working better than if I try to strategize and figure out a cunning plan of how to get around the enemies. Yeah, and well, it also looks like there's just some unique enemies and obstacles, so I'm excited to play it as a game. Uh, it should be entertaining. It seems up my alley, personally. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see it. I'll see how it plays out, and especially fall of 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah it just became fall. I forgot exactly. what year so, we were in. <laughs> it should be kind of soon, so like that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to keep my eye open for that, and when that comes out. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, it'll be one to keep on the peripheral, at least for me. Definitely. Or maybe I'll just wait until see see your playthrough of it. Oh yeah, I definitely intend to do one. Um, another thing that another game that I saw I haven't uh got the chance to play it. I think it's available right now. Uh, this game called Glitch, which I'm thinking isn't that the name of the game that the guys from Slack made? 
But uh, it's I found it on Alpha Beta Gamer. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, and here I'll send you a link quick too. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, um, glitches are very common in video games, so it's not surprising they would use the same. Well, name. here's a, the game is in alpha, so that's kind of a red flag. But regardless, it looks really interesting. It kind of reminds me of like a wipeout style game mixed with audio surf, like but very just a fast pace. You're in like this uh, vehicle that's propelled by jets, and you're just flying through this very colorful, unique uh, roller coaster style. Uh, psychedelic track. So it looks like a fast paced, like racing game that seems interesting enough to me. And I guess, uh, it looks like it's, it has its own, uh, a cool, unique soundtrack. So I'm interested to see with what that sounds like. Hmm. Yeah. It just looks like F zero X, but with neon to me, like, yes. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Nothing, nothing particularly new. Just, no, no. And I'm I'm hoping the multiplayer is interesting. Uh, it says uh, playable and single player, uh, split screen multiplayer, or online multiplayer. So see, at least this game gives you the options. So there we go. Yeah, it gives us uh, that gives it a little bit of credibility. But the fact that it's an alpha, it might not be something. It might just be something to keep your eye on if that's a game that's interesting to you. Yeah, I've played plenty of games in alpha and beta and stuff, and usually it's they can still be fine. You just have to be aware that they're not finished and. I don't know if I would necessarily be paying for any games in Alpha or Beta, like um, some of the websites we've mentioned, like Alpha Beta Gamer and uh, Itch.io. I-O. I-O? Yeah. There's plenty of games on there that are free, but then there's some you have to pay for, and it's like, I'm not really going to pay for an unfinished product like where I can run into a game-hindering glitch that'll just ruin everything, and I spent, you know, 15 bucks to, you know, play 10 minutes of a game before it breaks. Uh, pretty much that happened to me, and I, uh, I remember even talking about the game on the show before I even played it, because I was so excited, and I, I think we even mentioned that it was in Alpha, but it was the game Nowhere, a psychedelic RPG, bought it, installed it, didn't work, and I was like, fuck! So, I mean, that was my own fault, so, and I hope that they update it, and I'll maybe, like, contact them, be like, hey guys, it's not working for me, (laughs) but, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh... I was going to say the opposite of condone. Distoned? It's not a word. Um, I, I don't shit <laughs> Distoned. on... Distoned. Uh, I don't shit on people playing like games in alpha and beta or developers putting their games out there so people can like play test it and kind of like figure out the bugs for them so they can fix them. I just don't think you should expect money for yes. putting out like... It's like, hey, I got this sketch. I was going to turn it into a painting, but ah, fuck it. Give me 10 bucks. It's like, no... You, turn it into the painting then i'll give you 50 bucks like yeah i hear you no that that makes perfect sense to me yeah but if it's free yeah get uh i think yandere simulator i've talked about it enough on here the guy's still working on it but he'll let you download as much as he's has made so far and if you run into a glitch or something you send him an email and he'll fix it next update but he doesn't charge for it so it's like great you get play testers and people get a, a little preview of what your game's gonna be hopefully God, I want Yandere Simulator so bad. It looks amazing! Sorry, Holy, I won't talk no, about it. No, yeah, you better shut the fuck up about that. <laughs> but, <laughs> Beat the shit off your face. No, but for real, look at this. Uh, fan-made Sonic game. And oh, I mean, God. don't. I know, that's actually most people are like, oh God, shut the fuck up. But no, it's actually, it looks really good, almost. It's uh, it's called Sonic Adventure DX Lightspeed. 
and it's in prototype right now, but it's a fabulous fan-made Sonic game that brings the classic high-speed gameplay of the original games to the third dimension without sacrificing uh, origin- original glorious sp- uh, sprite-based visuals. So it is like that old-school-looking Sega Genesis style, but it is in 3D, and it's looks like you're running directly at the camera in a and you're capable of collecting rings and going off all of the ramps and stuff. Uh, it looks really interesting. To, I'll give it that credit. I'm not sure if it's a game for everyone, but it's, ah, it's definitely a fan made one that isn't perverted. So <laughs> yeah, it's a 3d Sonic runner, like infinite runner, but and still in the Sprite style. Yes. Um, but yeah, as soon as I heard fan made Sonic game, I immediately thought of that Sonic dreams game or dreams collection game no. that came out not too long ago. And it's the guys that actually did, um, uh, they were part of the LA Game Space uh, Kickstarter and they made, um, one of the games on there. Uh, I forget what it is. I think it was like Grind or something where it was kind of like a skateboarding game and it was fun. It was really well done. Even though the music and the colors were like mind melting, it was just so loud and so bright and it just kind of hurt to look at. Um, but the guys made the Sonic Stream Collection and they're just really fucking weird. Like, <laughs> uh, it, I have no way to describe it. They played it off like it was like lost Sonic games. Like, you know, us, Sega didn't want to release this because it was unfinished, but we found them and we're releasing them on our own. No, it's just... No, it's really weird shit. Yeah, once you start playing it, you're like, no, Sega would never have done this. Like, this is just these guys doing it. And it's exactly. just super fucking weird. Um, there's plenty of Let's Plays of them on YouTube. Feel free to watch it. Just be warned. It's super unsettling. Yeah, so, be yeah, be warned. Uh, but no, one thing I did just read at the bottom of the article, though, it says development seems to be halted at the moment, so Ooh. that's that sucks, but, well, we'll keep you posted. Maybe I'm- not. I'll probably never remember this game. <laughs> hey, remember that one Sonic thing you talked about? Nope. Yeah, seriously. I mean, honestly, most games, like, a couple weeks ago, people are like, oh, you talked about that. I'm like, I did? <laughs> so. Huh. Um. Yeah, speaking of, I guess, since we're still on the topic games we played this is i think the longest we've ever talked about the games we're playing i know let's keep doing that because hopefully listeners are getting something out of us talking about video games instead of like poop and other shit <laughs> but um cross of the dutchman is that big game from triangle studios that we've interviewed Remco yeah. and uh it's out i think on a few episodes ago i talked about it was out and it was on sale not too long ago and i bought it nice have you played it uh not yet okay I really am looking forward to it. I'm probably just going to have to buy it myself. It's like $8 at full price. It's real cheap. Oh, awesome. So that's, I yeah, that's a no-brainer. Do recommend it. Um, I've seen, uh, I can already see a few differences from when we talked to Remco to what they've done to it now. Like, just visually, it's a little different. Um, it seems pretty simple. It doesn't seem too complicated, at least control-wise. Um, but it seems fun. seems definitely good for $8. And especially if you are of the northern folk of Europe and have a particular tie to the history of this, uh, I guess, I think it's a county that they play in. Cause remember we were talking about them saying that the county it's based out of gave them money to do it. So it's like historically accurate or. Yes, I do recall that. Yeah. I, I mean, some of these names are just real tough. I cannot pronounce them for the life of me. Uh, like some of them are really simple, like three letters. It's like, great. Grit. I can say that. Grit. I think it's his wife's name. And then there's like a guy with just like half of the alphabet as his name. It's just like, dude, dude, you're killing me here. Um, 
but yeah, I look forward to playing that. Should be fun. Nice. Yeah, I definitely will be playing that as well. So maybe that one of us will probably put a let's play that up. Yep. Um. Okay. And here's one other. This one has my eye, but I've yet to play it. This was one that was made as a 48 hour game jam, Ooh. and it's called Equinox. Let me send a link. I'm amazed by some of these game jams because some of them are not great, and it's very clear that they were made within two days. And then some are like Oranami Origami and Garden, and uh, was some of the ones I played by. Like this one guy just keeps making these amazing games for game jams. Like it's just well, oh, this consistent. one is. I would categorize uh, categorize this as amazing. Look, yeah. The graphics, it's beautiful. It's very all right. So it says it's a minimal platformer about exploration and gathering colors and sounds in a mysterious, brief, hand drawn world. And it is hand-drawn and just beautiful to look at. Very, another, again, I must have some kind of a uh, silhouette fetish because, <laughs> like, it's in that, in that style, uh, uh, it looks super interesting. It's going to be compared to Limbo and all of those. I immediately thought of Journey. Journey as well. Yeah, it's it's got, it's, for some reason, it has that style. And also just the animations. Look at that one GIF on this page. It just looks so uh, smooth. And there's little, like, uh, like you leave, like, a trail of twinkles and stuff. It's just beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I'll play any game where I can be a sparkle walker. <laughs> a sparkle walker. That might be tonight's episode title. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, he is quite the sparkle walker, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, it looks great. Yeah, it, this might be one of those where it's like, Jesus, 48 hours? Like, this is amazing. It does look beautiful. Yeah, look at those graphics. How did they pull that off in 48 hours is what I want to know. I mean, they literally must have dedicated all of those hours. They, uh, t- Congratulations on, I mean, touche or whatever the fuck <laughs> I'm looking for. I can't think of the Mazel right words. And- yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm, I'm literally bowing if you, the listeners can't see me. Like, the gesture. <laughs> I am also doing a very visual way to appreciate my thanks. Oh, no. No, not that, you pervert. Oh, God. I was okay. just making the joke that we're on an audio format and you're doing a visual bit. Yes, okay. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's amazing that some people can just, like, inject caffeine straight into their bloodstream and work for two days straight and make something amazing like this. Yeah, and produce and then, a beautiful work of art. <laughs> and then there's some people who have, like, a ton of money from big developers and spend years working on a game, and it's complete and utter shit. I won't say names, Bulletstorm, but it's just amazing <laughs> that it can happen like that. Yeah, no, it's it's quite... uh It's exciting. It gives me faith that it would make me... If, if I was, like, somebody who had a lot of money and would see someone put out a game like that in tw- 48 hours, that's the kind of person I would hire and be like, here's more money, put your artistic talent into something with uh, a bigger budget, and that's, like, something that would really blow up. Yeah, it's... Sorry, I got Bulletstorm on the mind still. I had a friend of mine, I mentioned Bulletstorm before voting, and I was like, oh, man, I love Bulletstorm, and I genuinely questioned our friendship. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted to associate with this person anymore. Oh man, it's okay. We we know how much you hate it, and we need to get you therapy. God, I hate it so much. Uh, uh, but speaking of good games that I've played, this is the last one of the ones I've played. Um, so we can wrap this up. All right. Uh, this might time date this recording a bit, but Sanctum Two and Sanctum One were on Steam for free the last like this week, like the last five days. And I think this is a great thing that Steam does, and I'm sure they collaborate with the company and the company pays for it or something. But every now and then, also, I think Speedrunners is free this weekend as well. Yep, that was the other. And so sometimes Steam will just have free games where they're just, for the few days they have, 
they'll just give you the game and you can download it, install it, and just play as much as you want of it. And it's just an amazing way to just get like demos of it. Because if you see the videos, it's like, eh, it might be okay. The screenshots look all right. But then you play and it's like, oh, this is great. It's, it feels so great to be in the game. And then like this weekend, I just bought Sanctum 2 outright. I bought four copies of it for buddies of mine. And I bought all the DLC for it as well. And buying all of that is still cheaper if I bought the game at full price. That is fantastic. See, there there is just some like no brainer deals on Steam. It's just like why wouldn't you do that? Especially if it's something you're interested in. And if you don't do it, yeah, you're going to be paying out the ass uh, some other day. Yeah, I think it's like fifteen total. And like when I bought everything, I spent like maybe eleven bucks because it's as well as it being free this weekend. It's also on sale if you purchase it. So it's just like done. It's like eighty five percent off. Yeah, who, that's, who the hell wouldn't take it? Yeah. Um, but Sanctum Two, I. I haven't played the first one. I just skipped right to the second because eh, it's probably better graphics and they, you know, streamlined everything and learned their mistakes from the first one. But Sanctum 2 is super reminiscent of anyone who played Warcraft 3 Battle.net and did all those tower defense games they had on there, which I did. And I love those. Uh, it was so worth all of those viruses I got from the fucking Battle.net that I'm sure <laughs> just ravaged my computer, just destroyed it because I'm sure that's where I got most of them from. Okay. But. It's a tower defense game where you're on a map, you have different towers you can build, and each time you level up, you get a new type of tower or a new type of ability for your character. So you can place bases around to form like a maze for the um, hordes of monsters to walk through. And the goal is to try and make the most complicated and big maze that you can. So they have to keep running up and down it while your towers just shoot at them. So you can have 15 towers max on a level. But you can have like as many base bases for the towers as they give you. So that way you're able to make a huge complicated maze. And unlike Warcraft's uh, battle net with the tower defenses, you also it's also a first person shooter. So when you're done building the stuff, you start the round and as the monsters come out, you pick up a gun and each character has a different gun. There's, you know, assault rifle class, rocket launcher, sniper and shotgun. And then one of the DLC characters I got has a crossbow. I don't know why she's special. Like, what makes her good? Because so far she's she has very limited ammo, and it's not as powerful as a shotgun. It does deal heavy damage, but it's like just one per. I don't know. Maybe she's got some special ability I can't use, but it, she doesn't seem great. Okay. So, so if anyone's thinking about getting it, maybe wait off on that character till you check her out yourself. All right. Um, but yeah, so you just build all this like this big maze. You put up these huge towers at slow enemies and that have splash damage, and that one that's like a huge sniper that does insane damage. And then you just stand in the middle of it with like a shotgun, just waiting for the horde to come at you and just pick them off. It's great, and it just reminded me why I love tower defense games so much. Nice, interesting. Yeah. Oh, dude, and I I have one game to bring to the table that I've been playing recently that I really am shocked that I didn't think to, but I guess it's because I'm such a like PC gamer that I almost forgot that I've been playing my PS3 lately. I've been <laughs> playing uh I got I tweeted about it uh how I got The Last of Us for $10. It was great. Um and it's all fully downloaded and installed and I started playing. I'm about like I don't know, I'd say like 45% of the way into it and it is super dark. But, uh, really yes. good. Uh, yeah. I really, I'm thoroughly enjoying, uh, the play style. Uh, the, 
graphics are obviously stunning. I, it's not the remaster because I'm playing on PS3, so there's that. But it, it is still, for $10, I'm really excited that I'm finally playing this classic. And I'm excited to beat it because everyone, I haven't had it ruined for me. And it's funny, I was listening to uh, XP Earned and they were talking, like, they were like, oh, for anyone who hasn't beat Last of Us, don't listen to this next part. I was like, shit. (laughs) I was like, I guess I can't because I'm about to beat it. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm also, I guess not because I'm expecting it to be equally as traumatizing as the beginning. (laughs) But we'll see. I, for me, the beginning was the worst part. And she's like, right away, she's like, hey, this is what you're in for. She's like, oh, no. Yeah, not cool. Not no, cool. It's it's the one game that made me cry. But um it's it's interesting because they are able to balance the way of like power and weakness your character has, like just in gameplay style. So like if you get hit by a full a few bullets, like you're already down to like zero health. And it makes sense because you're not wearing body armor, you're not like in Gears of Warrior where you're you're a living tank. You're just a dude. You don't even have body armor. So it makes sense why he'd be hurt by such little things. Um it does the, you know, hide behind shelter and regenerate health thing, which it it doesn't make sense in a lot of stories unless you're Wolverine. But <laughs> I, I understand why it needs to be in gameplays, because it's like, well, if you take damage and you can't heal from it, you'll never get past the first level. Like, it's going to be super hard. But yeah. it's an amazing game. It is easily, like, one of my, like, 10 out of 10 games. It's so good. And I haven't played the DLC for it yet but I've heard great things about, well, I shouldn't say yet. Cause if I haven't played it now, I probably never will. Oh, but, you should though. I, yeah. I hear good things and I definitely intend on getting it. I, it's funny that maybe the DLC might cost more than the game. It was. So hopefully was, that's not the case. I was going to say, it's still fairly new, like within the last like four years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I played it in college. So it's at least within two years. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed that you got it for what? 10 you said. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy cheap for as recent of a game as it is. Because I remember going to the store and seeing Zelda Twilight Princess for the GameCube. Like, this was a Wii launch title, so it came out with the Wii, but also on the GameCube. I remember seeing it for the GameCube for like $45, like eight years after it came out. Just like, what? It's still so expensive? But that that's one of my favorite Zelda games, if not my very favorite Zelda game, so okay. understandable. Yeah, that those those and Mario, they always retain their value. Yeah, Nintendo's got that captive audience where it's kind of like, we'll charge whatever we want because we know you'll buy it. Like, slap Nintendo on a toaster and someone will buy it. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, well, we, we did our fair share of video game talk. I feel like <laughs> that's a good thing. Uh, oh, do you, I'll what? bring this up, though, because it's fairly topical, at least to now. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure when we'll bring it back up again. But there's a huge dispute going on right now with video game voice actors and the video game industry and, like, the developers. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. The video game voice actors are actually threatening to go on strike right now. It hasn't been determined yet, but they're very close to it, which would mean all of the union voice actors would not be in video games. And they're, if you know video game voice actors... They're all in every single, like, they're kind of in every single game. Like, Nolan North and Troy Baker, I'm going to say have been in 70% of the games made in the last 10 years. Like, those two guys alone. And if you want to keep updated with the stuff they're doing uh, on Twitter, hashtag performance matters, which isn't a great hashtag. I think they could have picked a better one, like, a more. That's pretty lengthy. And it's also pretty broad. Like, they could probably pick something more specific to the video game voice actor strike. 
Um, but I know Great Alyle, who is huge in the voiceover world, like not even video games, she's in everything. But she does like Catwoman and Arkham City and Asylum, and um, that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. But she's a huge advocate for it. Uh, Yuri uh, Lowenthal, I think that's how it's pronounced. He's talking about it. He's in a ton of games. Um, Steve Bloom, I'm not sure if he's outspoken about it, but he's friends with all these people, so I'm sure he agrees with it. Yeah. Um, but kind of what they're saying is they want they want to be treated better, and some of the voice, uh, some of the video game companies will have them come in, give them no context to their character, and just give them lines. Like, oh, how should I say this? Like, what's the situation? And they won't tell him. It's like, well, I can't do a good character if I don't know what his situation is. Like, am I yelling in pain because I just got shot in the foot? Am I yelling in anguish because I just lost a daughter? Like, what's the situation? And they're like, we can't say. It's, you know, secret. It's like, what? Well, that, what, what? Why yeah. would you keep it a secret unless that's, like, what, how it's supposed to be in the game? Like, if you're trying to create a good game, it'll be like, you should be able to watch the animation of the character doing it, acting out what you are sounding out almost. Like, it's kind of, uh, I don't even know. It's kind of the same thing with like a Pixar movie. It's not like they're just like, I mean, sure, they could do the lines like without viewing it, but I bet if they have that, like even like a pre animation available, that would just be handy so they can understand like the context, like, oh, is he falling down? Like, you know, anything like that. Well, I know the voiceover stuff's done way early. Like, it's some of the first stuff they're done. So they won't see any of it. They might see sketches, like really rough drafts of what the character might look like at best. Yeah. Oh, there's like a word for like that storyboard kind of like pre-animation. I can't think of it. Oh, well. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I know like they won't have any real visual clues to it, but they can at least they at least have the story written out, the company, so they could tell them the story of it. But the video game companies are worried about the actors, I guess, just going out and spoiling the stories. But like they're actors. The way, the same way actors are in movies and TV shows and stuff. Like, they can't ruin the show they're on, so they don't spoil it, or else they'll lose their job. For some reason, the companies think, because they're video game voiceover actors, they're not as good. So, they don't think they're as trustworthy to keep the secret. And, as well as, with video game, with, like, TV shows and movies, if you're doing voiceover, it's kind of like, you fell off a cliff, and it's like, ah! It's like, alright, that's the only scream you have to do, because... It's the only time you'll fall off a cliff. But for video games, since the control or since the player controls him, the player can do whatever they want, however many times they want. So they have to record every possible line of dialogue that the player could choose to do. So it's like you have to scream like you just got shot in the stomach with a bullet. You have to scream like you just fell off a cliff. You have to scream like you just got hit by a horse. You have to scream like you just had a finger cut off. And it has to be a different scream each time. So that's why a lot of people, a lot of voiceover, uh, voiceover artists hate doing video games. Because it's just a lot of um, reaction sounds. Variants. Yeah, and it's just a lot of screaming. So I know John DiMaggio, who does Marcus Phoenix in Gears of War. And uh, he does a ton of... He does Jake the Dog in Adventure Time and the Joker in Under the Red Mask. um, Bender in Futurama. But when he was doing Gears of War, he would uh, plan out his schedule to do the voiceover stuff all week. And then he would always save video games to the last day, like on Friday, because he knew he's going to be screaming and he's going to destroy his throat on Friday. <laughs> so that way he has Saturday and Sunday to rest and not speak. So that way Monday he can go back to his other jobs. But people have lost their voices 
doing video game voiceover work, like screaming and stuff. And that can ruin your career. If you can't do voiceover, you can't do your job. Yeah, good point. Yeah, your voice box and voice in general is your uh your moneymaker in that situation. Yes. Um, so the, same with like radio and all that. Exactly. So the actors are concerned about it and they either want ahead of time notice, like so they can plan out their schedules better, or if they have to do a big heavy recording session, like screaming wise, that it's less. So they're not doing it for eight hours a day. They may only be doing a screaming session for like three hours. So that way they don't completely destroy their throat. Maybe it's a good thing I'm not in a screamo band anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, you wouldn't be able to have a podcast then. Oh, uh, dude. Well, uh, yeah, I could try. <laughs> but no, uh, it's, uh, fuck. I, I forget what I was going to say about it. Oh, I do know now. It, it kind of, I hope they do go on strike. So there's uh, room for some new people in the scene like me. Like, you know, you want this voice, don't you? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm sure just EA and. <laughs> Yeah, listen Bioware. up, guys. You, you need some laryngitis in your life. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of the terms that voiceover actors are asking for are completely reasonable, and they need, like, they kind of need this union to protect them so they don't destroy their, you know, throat and not have a job anymore. But they're, the biggest one that's causing, like, the biggest controversy of this is they're also asking for a bit of royalty with the games. So if a video game passes, it sells like a million copies or like 200 million copies, like Call of Duty or something where it's just huge. Um, some of the voice actors are asking like, Hey, maybe if we sell like a hundred million copies of the game I worked on, I can get a little bonus. Cause you know, we did good work. And a lot of people are like saying like, fuck you, you're greedy. Like you don't need the extra money. You're doing enough already. And Hey, they're not like even the biggest voiceover actors, are still working like four different projects a day to keep working, like to keep the paycheck that they have going. No one's just walking it. The people who make the most money from voiceover stuff are A-list celebrities who are just coming in for a movie, saying two lines and then leaving. They get like a million dollars a session or something. The regular voiceover guys, like they're, they have to audition for stuff. They're working hard. So they're not greedy, but I am personally, I'm a little conflicted with the royalty stuff. Like, eh, if you're, if the company's making like $200 million on the game, like throwing that actors like an extra thousand bucks isn't much. But I think if we're going to be dishing out royalties for video games, I think it should go to the developers before it goes to the actors. Yes. I, I agree with that a thousand percent, but I do think that actors deserve, uh, some kind of cut of it. It kind of should get to both. If they do start handing out royalties, I do think they should both get it. But I am also aware that a voiceover actor for a video game would be working on a project for six months, a year, maybe even two years. Like, I think The Last of Us took maybe two and a half years or something. Like, there's some games that take a long time, especially with the voiceover. But the developers are easily working on it three, four to five times as long as any voiceover (laughs) actor is. Without a doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that, like, sure, it's hard to f- uh, formulate your voice to sound a different way and, like, put in all the effort and, like, yeah, it does, it's straining on your body. But, like, d- as a developer myself, I know that that's just, like, a lot of just, like, uh, 
it's not even comparable. So I do believe, like, if I was a developer creating a game and then I see these other people complaining that they're not getting royalties, it'd just be like, well, why would you get that before me? But then again, like, I don't think they're not the ones complaining, being like, we want royalties though. So I, like you said, if it does come to that, I think everyone should get a little bit of like, uh, somewhat of a bonus but that like you said also it's only if the company's that successful and like raking in like millions and there are companies that are but there's also companies like ea and ubisoft which are considered some of the worst companies to work for on the planet let alone in the video game industry well maybe not ubisoft's the worst but ea is one of the worst companies to work for period they're just notoriously terrible at just ruining everything good going for them like mass effect and uh, I want to say Batman, but that's not right. I think Batman's rock steady. Yeah. Um, so they're just, EA is just terrible. They're just awful people. They're just the corporate drones making decisions, not knowing what they're making decisions about. But like, back to the video game and developers argument. Uh, I guess a good way I could describe it is like retail, like retail stuff. They get trucks sent to, uh, sent them merchandise. And the truck driver has to unload them all at the store. And then the retail worker has to put the stuff from the truck on the floor. And it's kind of like the voiceover actors are the truck drivers. Like, eh, I have to come into this messy store all the time. I think I deserve a bonus for having to drive there and unload stuff for an hour. And then the retail worker is like, bitch, I've been here for 12-hour shifts every goddamn day this week. You shut up. Like, that's, Yeah, that's an interesting uh, analogy. It works. Yeah, because it's. I think if anything, I I agree that the voiceover actors should be getting some of this protection from like the screaming, so they don't lose their jobs, and um, they're more uh, keen in on what the games are auditioning for and working on are about. But I think when it comes to royalties and protection, like um, they won't lose their job if something happens, like if they have a baby or if they get really sick. Um, I think it should be protected for both voice actors and especially developers because i've heard stories of developers for big triple a title games sleeping under their desk like all week just so they can hit this deadline it's like god you should not be that hard when you're with a huge company that's like with such job security It it shouldn't be that bad yeah, did you ever see Grandma's Boy? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh that's like an iconic scene of him sleeping under his desk. But uh I guess we've kind of blabbed on enough about video games and voice actors and all sorts of shit. Do you want to play a conversation game before we like wrap this episode up? Sure. All right. I'm thinking I'm thinking we're going to try out uh what is that sound again? So, let's do it. Alright, so, here we go. I have put, uh, three fold, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. I've put three sounds in a folder, all of which the, the files have been renamed, so you don't know which game they're from. You listen to each one of these sounds and have three guesses to guess which game it is from, and hopefully if you get two out of three, you win. Alright. The first one's pretty easy. You're gonna get it pretty quick. Alright. I am playing the sound now. Alright, 
I used to think that was a good idea, like a good sound for your alarm clock to wake up to in the morning. Oh, fuck no. That is and like then, the sound of you dying. Yeah, then I'd wake up in like a cold sweat panicking for my life, and I was like, I am changing that immediately. Um, It's the sonic drowning sound. Yes, it is, without a doubt. All right, see, I'm glad that we gave you a good one to start off. Uh, I think the next one's going to be kind of tricky, though. So, uh, But no, that, song, that is a song that gives me a panic attack and a heart attack all at once. Like I hate hearing that. And it's just like, you have to find the surface and there, I've heard it so many times in my life. It's just like, the, it's horrifying. So at least I'm glad that you're a gamer that recognized that right oh, yeah. away. That's kind of one I would love to see like a social experiment done with. Like you just play that sound on a bunch of loudspeakers at like Times Square or somewhere where there's a ton of people and just see who starts panicking and like who's I would ah, ah. it's like oh there's a sonic player I would literally start running around in circles being yeah. like what do I do Yeah exactly <laughs> no one would know how to respond to it. like I'm not in water what what do you mean like god damn it Oh, played in like a public pool and just see it's everyone like, run out of the water. <laughs> I'm just imagining myself in like a big public like park or something, and there's just like a statue nearby. I just start climbing it, yeah. like, ah! <laughs> trying to find like bubbles. Like, there's no bubbles. Where ah? <laughs> well, oh, all right. God. Well, that's good that you got that. That's you are a true gamer. Good. <laughs> yes, I've played one of the thousands of Sonic games in the '90s. Yes, good, good. <laughs> all all right. right. Well, on to sound number two. Then, uh, let us know when you're listening. Here we go. Shit. Ah, uh, and I knew this. That's what I'm saying. You should know what that is, but it's yeah. on the more challenging side. So it, that's it's, where it's just like the Skyrim moment where it's like I know I've heard it a ton of times, but that's in like the back of my mind. Yeah, this is a little on the more retro side, as you can tell. Um, let's get that again for our listener. All right. So, Shit. what are you thinking? And you have three guesses. I immediately wanted to guess, like, the Polka Center in Pokemon. No, Strike One. Yeah. Not but not a bad guess, though. I knew but it not, was... not retro enough. Yeah, I knew it wasn't that, but I also knew if I didn't guess it, I couldn't get that thought out of my head. Like, so I had to just get rid of it real quick. Okay. Oh my god, what is this? I know I played this game. Like I know I played this game. Uh Dude, I have too, but it was so long ago that it's almost it's like stretching my mind. That's the thing, like some of these old retro games, like it's borderline like a just a weird haze fever dream. Like I don't know if I played this or I just seen someone playing it and I thought it was me or I don't know. It's iconic enough though that I feel like we should be able to pick that out and be like that i know what that is i bet our press continue friends knew that one instantly but regardless that's why i'm glad this is number two in the in the game it's on the challenging side if you don't get this you still have a chance with the other one but i do need two more guesses so what are you thinking bubble bobble no but i'm gonna look into that oh i remember you've mentioned that before in on past episodes potentially it's got a very uh recognizable like soundtrack like not soundtrack because there's one song, but the song is very uh, recognizable. And if he starts singing it, people will immediately know. Gotcha. But nope. All uh, right, strike two, and we're down. This is it for sound two. I'm gonna be so mad if it's like Mario or Zelda, like one of the obvious ones. Be like, no, I swear I played it. <laughs> like, You'll see. I'm really excited. It's not Paperboy because I haven't played that enough to recognize it, and it's older than Pokemon, so it's older than 
like 97, I think Pokemon came out. Um, shit. I don't know, Dr. Mario? No, oh, not a bad guess, but, uh, alright, it is the stage clear sound for Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong? Yeah, like like the old retro-ass Donkey Kong, stage clear. Oh, like the one that introduced Mario and has Paulina? Uh, I'm pretty pretty positive that's the one. I'm, I think I might recognize the sound just from watching that documentary so much, The King of Kong. Oh. <laughs> Anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a good documentary, even if you, well, if you don't like video games, you wouldn't be listening to this, but it's a good documentary. Nice. But, uh, okay, so that's understandable that it's an old retro sound, yeah. but it's, it's iconic enough that I thought we'd throw it in this game. But here's sound number three. I think you can pull it off with this one. This one's on the easy side. Yeah, that sounds, compl- that sounds completely fair game. I just, oh, I should have gotten it though. All right. right, let me know when you're listening to Sound 3. I think I have faith that you'll get this, like, right away. Sound number three, go. Oh, my God, what the fuck is that? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. No, I've definitely heard it before. It's just, once again, like, I haven't heard it in, like, decades so Uh, and this is fair game too and i oh you need to pull this off i have faith you can do it oh but it's once this is gonna be another one where you're like god damn it doug yeah i I just want to download the shazam app real quick and try and oh no (laughs) you cheater (laughs) if i thought it could work i'd be doing it that's I, i don't even think that would pick up on that no worst thing about this game is like once i have a like maybe it's this i can't get that thought out of my head until i say it like so it's not like i can like push it to the side and think of something well yeah use some guesses then i i don't want to because i know they're wrong (laughs) star fox oh no strike one all right you got two more can i say is it in between the two sounds like time wise like or is it it's not like a recent game obviously but is it between Donkey Kong 1 and Sonic chronologically. Ooh. Ah, let me check this out because cuz it sounds like an early game, like a retro game. It is retro, uh but also hmm, I don't want to give you any hints because that's fair. Yeah. So let, just, me, uh, let me be careful with my words here. One second. It's just like that's why I don't want the press continue guys on to play this cuz I know Specifically, Adam is screaming like, "Yeah, Bing, Bong, that one, this one, got it, them." It's just like, "God damn it, Adam!" Like, I know he's going to be so good at this. That's and great. It, we need someone like uh, we need a champion at this, so we'll we'll get them on to play for sure. I'm glad yeah. we're like we're kind of getting the rust out with this game. I'm the I was the Walrus Ringer. Adam's going to be what does that sound Ringer? Okay, so I'm just going to do a basic search here. Sonic was, I want to say like early nineties. Like yes, ninety. It, what I'm seeing just on a basic skim, it says 1991 for Sonic. Okay. And for Donkey Kong, it's saying 1981. So that's a good ten year gap. Yeah. Is it between that ten year gap or after? Or you asked, is it before? In uh, between, like so. Okay. Before Sonic, after Donkey Kong. Okay, and it is. Yes, it is in between that time frame. Damn it. 
Because I, I feel like if it was after Sonic, it'd be easier for me. Ah, uh, crap. But no, uh, I will give you this, that it's of a franchise that has games that would qualify after that time frame, too. Final Fantasy? No, Strike Damn. 2. Uh, but, you know, you uh, that I wasn't... I super excited. Like, I was like, that's what it is. It's, it's gotta be it. Uh, damn it. Oh, no, dude. This is another one that's, like, iconic, and you're gonna kick yourself, but I think you might you might pull this out of your ass for the last quite, uh, stab. I don't know. I got a lot of stuff in my ass right now. I don't know if I'll find it. Uh, boy. I want to say it's the sound you hear, like, after you beat a level. Nope. Wow, then I am just completely off my game right now. I got to do this to you sometime. See how easy this for you. No, I'm gonna fail <laughs> miserably. I know if that's why I tried to pick sounds that are fair game. The first game was a little off, but this one's the more fair game. Yeah, both of those were very fair. I just it's just games I I don't think about for years. So it's when you when you hear what this is, you will be like, I knew, I know, I knew that. But it's on. It's not your fault for like it because once you start playing other games, of course you're gonna like forget that shit. Is it? Like Mario when you beat a castle? Nope. Uh, Strike three. All right, yeah. so the second game, that has been lost. But okay, so yeah. this sound, sound number three, was the item collect sound effect from Metroid. Ah, uh, yeah, I I didn't play Metroid a lot. Oh, okay, that's see, that's one thing I, I want to try to avoid, too. I want to uh, give sounds that are, like, fair enough that people have experience with. I wasn't sure if you I, played those I or think not. that one was fair. It's, I mean, we can't be doing a full game background check for every single person that plays this. Yeah, That'd of course. Really well, I, I was assuming that you had experience yeah. with that. Franchise. No, it's fair. I, I've definitely, like, seen it a ton, but I just haven't played it myself. I don't, I don't even think we own Metroid anymore. Oh, okay. Else. Um, but no, I, it was fair. I will say that was a very fair lineup. I'm just cool. real bad with those uh, retro games. Like anything before 95, I struggle with. Because cool. I was four. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I'm going to have to get some other sounds and we'll have to play again sometime. But thanks for playing. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that that's a pretty good episode. We we did uh, justice to the video game world for once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, is there anything you want to add before we go? Do some plugs quick. Uh, no, not really. You got our tumblers and your twitches, tumblers, uh, tumblers and our t- twitches and, and twitters and. <laughs> it just sounds like a bunch of neuro diseases. I got my twitches, my tumblers. Ah! No, I just feel bad for like older people because the one you tell them, like any of those, they're just like, what the hell? It's like another language. But no, I guess listeners, if you do enjoy our show, please go give us a rating or review on iTunes. We would really appreciate it. Like we don't get many people that actually go out of their way to do that. But if you would give us that, uh, it would be extremely appreciated. But also if you haven't checked out our Facebook or Twitter, uh, give us a like or follow as well. We always try to post like fun, funny content. So that's always a thing. And then, yeah, every Tuesday, Thursday, I am Twitch streaming uh, at twitch.tv slash abtsilence. 
uh, check it out. I'm currently playing Ori in the Blind Forest. It's a blast. A really colorful, awesome experience of a game. So check that out if you get a chance. And where can listeners find you, Bren? On Twitter at almost... Be- or no. What? Uh, <laughs> A-B-T-S Brendan. Yeah, I always forget. Nice. Um, but yeah, on Twitter. Oh, another thing. Another. This is actually really important. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost Better Than Dragons Season 2 just launched. So if Ooh. you're a fan of our D&D podcast, go check that out. Or if you never even checked it out, uh, don't be afraid to just dive right into Season 2. You don't have to check out Season 1 at all if you don't feel like it. But that is a cool kind of separate side story of us doing like a zombie apocalypse scenario. But uh, this season two is really has been a lot of fun, and Matt's put his heart and soul and a lot of effort into it. So definitely check that out and give us some love on Facebook and all that, and give us a, a rating review for that as well. Now but, uh, with a, now with a hundred percent more dragons because there was zero in the last season. Yeah, it's definitely super interesting and exciting. So let us know what you guys think, and we will see you next week. See ya.